What are you worrying about? Give it over to the Lord. Get on your knees and tell the Lord about it. Get on your knees and tell the Lord. Make your requests. Be thankful for what he's done and share with him. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Dave, today it's Letter Day, and I have a letter from Sarah in Arizona. She says, thank you so very much, and I pray the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you greatly, abundantly, and overflowing, Sarah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your prayers, and we also are so thankful for the prayers of those listeners for this ministry and for us. We so appreciate it. And Greg, today you continue your look at worry, and you connect worry with pride. So why are those related? Well, worry and pride are really two sides of the same coin. You see, when we worry, we're actually believing that God isn't who he really says he is, where we don't see him rightly, and in some sense, we may believe that we're better equipped to handle the situation, but in reality, we're not, and that's why we are worried about those things. Now, some wouldn't say it that way, but our actions would betray our word at times. They would reveal a heart that fully doesn't trust God. Now, today, we're not only going to take a look at that aspect of worry, but we're also going to find some ways of replacing worry with trust in a faithful God. Our text is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. I can rest in that. But he is also personally near. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And if I recognize that, it changes the way I deal with circumstances in my life. I can rest because often I don't rest because I've got to take care of whatever's happening around me because I don't believe the Lord is near, practically speaking. I need to trust. He's near. He's watching over me. He's taking care of me. He's going to deal with this situation. He's going to work it out for good. For good. i got to believe that, you see? The Lord is near. And when we trust him like that, then we will be a testimony to all. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all. You're going to be different around them because you're not having to defend yourself in that sense, right? We all know that. We've all failed in that. We've, we've probably defended ourselves and we were truly wronged. But we weren't gently trusting in Christ knowing that he would work it out. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Did you notice how the Lord Jesus went through his trials? He did it perfectly, righteously, right? The Lord is near. Isaiah 41, 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. He says here, I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. Surely I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is a tremendous, amazing promise. That changes the way I'm going to respond if I'm thinking about it. He's near. The circumstance is not working out right. But he's here. He's near. I'm going to trust him. And that's going to make me passively 
reveal a forbearing spirit. You see? When I trust that he's near, he's going to work it out. If God is for you, who could be against you? Right? God is so good. So let it be manifest to all because Jesus Christ is near. And I think we can all think of times where we failed, where we need to go, Lord, I did not believe that in the moment. I did not think of that in the moment. And I acted the wrong way. And it certainly wasn't a forbearing spirit coming out of me. Lord, forgive me. Right? And God's good. We're growing. We're being changed. We're being conformed to the image of Christ and that upward wonderful call. So then the command, let this be manifest to all because Jesus Christ is near. So then we need to be rejoicing about everything. And we need to be resting. First of all, resting because God is near. He's going to take care of every circumstance I'm going through. I can back off. I can trust him. I can relax. And I can just yield over the desire to make it right in a moment. I can get over the Lord. Doesn't mean we don't do the right thing. Yes, we need to make things right at times. And we need to do the right thing. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in trusting the Lord. Well, notice, not only are we to rejoice in the Lord and rest in Him, we're also to rest in Him in that we trust Him. Look at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Contrary to the current view in many places, and churches even, and maybe even some of the hearts out listening, worry is a serious sin. And it has serious consequences. And God is a gracious God. He knows we're tempted. He knows you're tempted. He wants to deliver us from temptation. He wants to help you in that. He wants to come alongside and prove himself to be faithful. If you were willing to let him be, he is faithful. So he tells us what to do. So here he says, be anxious for nothing. Now, we're going to see that at the core of worry is a lack of trust and a doubt of God's goodness, really and practically speaking. We trust the Lord and we don't doubt he's bad. We think he's good. But practically speaking, in that moment, we're not believing that. You see, when we worry, we cannot trust. When we worry, we cannot be joyful. When we worry, we can't worship. When we worry, we have no peace. Worry is a cruel taskmaster. If you today are caught up in worry, I can tell you, you are having no fun. It is a horrible thing. And you may think that it is only you and no one knows what you're going through. But God says in his word that no temptation has come upon you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful, the key part, and will provide a way of escape that you may endure it. The way of escape is through obeying his word and trusting Jesus, as we're going to see. This is a clear way of escape, by the way. So then, notice what he says. God is gracious. God is kind. And he looks out for our best interests. And maybe you failed, but God has not given up on you. He loves you. He wants you to learn. He wants you to grow. He wants to help you. If you leave here today with a guilt trip and not allow yourself to be corrected by a gracious God through his word, then something's very wrong. Acknowledge your worry. Acknowledge your sin. Call it what it is. Lord, I've been worried about finances. I've been worried about 
medical appointments. I've been worried about my medical condition. I've been worried about the church. I've been worried about my relationships. I've been worried about work. I've been worried about my dog or whatever it might be. Just confess, Lord God, I'm sorry. It's sin. It's sin. Admit it. And God will forgive you and he'll help you. He loves you. He'll help me. So notice in our passage, he says, first of all, be anxious for nothing. This is a great statement. Be anxious for nothing. Literally, for nothing, be anxious. There's not one thing you are to be anxious about. Wow. Not one thing. But we know worry is a strong emotion. Our emotions take control of us very quickly. It affects our minds, and it will affect you physically. When you worry over and over again, you are sowing to the flesh. And you will reap from the flesh, but God can set you free. But you're going to have some reaping to do down the line. Sow to the Spirit, and you will eventually reap from the Spirit. Be anxious for nothing. Now, in a positive context, this word actually anxious means to care, be concerned, or worry or anxious. There's a positive context. I can have a care that is a godly concern. The Apostle Paul mentioned that Timothy was the only one who would have a concern for him, a godly concern. It's not worry, it's a godly concern. That's okay. Here, this is speaking about anxiety. And he says, for nothing, be anxious. Well, can I be anxious about my physical condition? No. Now, here's where it has to be supernatural. Human beings cannot not be anxious, I believe, in this situation. You need a supernatural intervention of the Lord to help you not be anxious. Can I be anxious about my physical condition? No. Can I be anxious about money? No. Can I be anxious about my job? No. Can I be anxious about church? No. Can I be anxious about relationships? No. I'm not allowed to be anxious about anything. God says don't do so, and we're going to see why. Now here, he's not saying that we're to test the Lord thy God and just throw caution to the wind. There are certain things we need to be careful about and cautious about. We we'll have to test the Lord thy God. But as we go around his business, not our own foolishness, we're not to worry about anything. Because the Lord is near, he's in control, and as we can see, we can go to him in prayer. And we are to go to him in prayer. We're not to worry about anything. And so let me ask you, do you give yourself a pass? You know, we can get tempted, we can fall into it, but we've got to just admit it. This is wrong, Lord, this is wrong. One pastor says, do you ever find yourself worrying? Do you know that Scripture calls worry a sin? When you realize that you were worrying, did you go to God and confess it as sin? Worry is just as much sin as adultery, murder, theft. Yet how often do believers treat it lightly when we find our stomachs in knots because we've worried ourselves into a nervous frenzy? We don't realize that we have fallen into sin. I read this earlier. Matthew chapter 6. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. And these are about the basics. We worry about so much more since we have all this stuff, by the way. No one can serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or you hold to one and despise the other. This is Matthew 6, 24 at the end. You cannot serve God and mammon. That term mammon means money. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for the body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not worth much more than they? Think about that. God values you because he created you. And we've been saved by his son Jesus who died for your sins. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toll, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of what? Little faith. It's a faith issue when you worry. Okay? It is. Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly Father knows you need them, all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Folks, God loves us. He cares for us. We're valuable to him. Believe that. Understand that. Believe the truth of the word of God. And trust him. You see, we as believers are to worry about nothing. All worry is sin. Yeah, wait a second. I have a chemical imbalance. I do. I think you might have one too. Right? Now, God doesn't say in his word, be anxious for nothing except you who have chemical imbalances. I'm sorry, God addresses this very clearly. This is not a physical issue at its core, although it does affect you physically. You will reap what you sow when you do think. David suffered physically from his sin, by the way, but he acknowledged it. And if you have worried for a long time and you have confessed it, you may still have some remaining reaping to do. You just need to go, Lord, I deserve it. I failed, but I praise you that I've been forgiven. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Thank you, Lord. God's word says, be anxious for nothing, no exceptions. If we're worrying, we're sinning, we're not trusting God, that's the issue. Confess our lack of trust, be forgiven, and be restored. Some of you say, I can't stop. This is completely true if you don't know Christ. But if you do know Christ, he can set you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. He will set you free if you confess. If you obey him, he will set you free. And then there is the good fight of faith, right? Trusting in him. So notice, he says, be anxious for nothing. But notice there's some qualifications here. We're not to worry about anything, but we are to pray about everything. This is key because it has to do with our relationship with the Lord. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, back in Philippians 4, 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, be praying, right? Uh, with supplication. The term supplication speaks of a humble petition. It's not demanding God a laundry list of stuff. Dear God, got this list, please take care of it. No, it's a humble submission. Lord God, you are so gracious. You are so kind. You are above all. You saved my soul. You are greater than these issues. I trust you, Lord God. Help me. Help me in this area. Notice he says, by prayer and supplication. The term supplication means a humble request. First Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, 
And how do I handle myself in this situation? First Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He is concerned about what you are worrying about. He cares for you. He cares for you. Cast it over. The term casting your care speaks of throwing a saddle on a horse. You're throwing it on God. How am I doing it? I'm doing it in prayer. Lord God, I am so concerned about this situation. It is hurting me deeply, Lord God. I'm praying, Lord God, please come to my aid. Help me see it rightly. Lord, I'm giving it over to you. I'm casting it upon you. You need to humbly come before God. Pray humbly. Notice what he says. There's another qualification with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I know that you can take care of it. I know that you're greater than this. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. Thank you that you will work all things together for good. I want to bring my request before you. This issue is concerning me greatly, Lord God, and I'm so tempted to worry. Lord, I'm just laying it before you. Please help me in this. Help me do the right thing. Help me respond the right way. I pray for this other person. They're sinning against me. Please help them, Lord Jesus. I pray for this circumstance, Lord God, whatever it might be. He says, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Lord God, please help me. Help me in this area, whatever it might be. You know, it's God's will for us to give thanks in everything. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And thankfulness is an evidence of walking in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. Thank you, Lord, for the doctors. I got an appointment coming. I'm concerned about it, Lord. I put it in your hands. Thank you for your watching over me. Thank you for this circumstance at work, Lord, that you're going to take care of it the way you want to. But help me, Lord God. Help me respond rightly. Help me do the right thing, whatever it might be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, a lack of thankfulness is an evidence that you are not walking with the Lord, and if you don't know the Lord, it's the way you are. Romans chapter 1. But we need to be thankful for what God has done. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God, and it's he who has made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord God, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord God, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you have it all under control. Thank you that your ways are above my ways. Thank you for what you've done and what you will do. And I bring this request before you, Lord God. It is burdening my heart. I'm going to put it in your hands, Lord God, over and over again. With thanksgiving, we're to make our requests known. You say, doesn't God know our requests? Well, yeah, he knows before we ask, Matthew 6, 8. But when we make our requests known to him, we're exhibiting a dependence on him. We're showing that we trust him in action with our requests. You know, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You give it over to him. Lord, I am so tempted in this area. It is so overwhelming me, but I'm giving it to you, Lord God. I'm asking you to take care of it. Please, please deal with it. Help this person. Help the situation. Help me do this. Help me take care of this. Help me do what I need to do. 
looks to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. So then instead of worrying, we're to pray humbly, requesting, making petitions about everything, making it known to God. What are you worrying about? Give it over to the Lord. Get on your knees and tell the Lord about it. Get on your knees and tell the Lord, make your requests. Be thankful for what he's done and share with him. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then, when you do that, you can trust him that he will fulfill his promise. He will. God has never failed. He never will fail. He keeps his promises. This is a promise that is clear to us, and it's you know a lot of promises people take out of context from wherever in the Scripture. This one is very clear, and you can bank on it. Notice what he says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. If you humbly come before the Lord, this is the context of rejoicing, right? Humbly come before the Lord. It's the context of knowing he's near, Letting him take care of stuff. You humbly come before him. You make your requests known. His peace, his peace, God's peace, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace and a guarded heart. This is a promise. You don't need to worry anymore. Trust the Lord. It's a sin. Confess it. It's God's peace, not man's peace. This is nothing you can conjure up. This is nothing anyone else can do for you. This is God's peace, not man's peace. No meds will give you this peace. No counselor will give you this peace. This is God's peace. Man's ways do not take care of the problem. They medicate the problem. But the problem is still there, festering and getting worse. This is a great promise. When we humbly and thankfully pray about everything rather than worrying, then God's peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this peace of his, notice what he says here, which surpasses all comprehension. The word comprehension means mind or thinking. You know what? We want to comprehend it in advance. This is the peace that I want and I need. Well, God's peace surpasses, it's hooper it's far above how you could think of peace. It's far above it. It surpasses it because it's his peace. It's his peace. It surpasses. Hooper echo it. It literally holds above, surpasses. God's peace is way above what you could think about peace being. God declares that you cannot comprehend this peace which will be given to you when you obey this command by faith. It surpasses comprehension. Praise the Lord for it. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. 
To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in our message today, you shared a simple question. Are you a thankful person? And why does thankfulness reduce our worry? You know, Dave, I actually believe that the Lord would want us to replace our worry with thankfulness. As we saw in our passage today, we are to be anxious about nothing, but in everything through prayer with thanksgiving, we're to make our request known to God. We serve a gracious, good God, and even in the midst of terrible difficulties, which cause great grief and sorrow, we can learn to be thankful because of who he is and what he has done and what he is doing through those difficulties. You see, if you're seeing the Lord rightly, even in the midst of the most difficult situations, you're going to be thankful. And that's what the Lord calls us to do in this passage. And so my question to you today would be, are you a thankful person or not? If you're not a thankful person, I would encourage you to examine your thinking in light of the Word of God. Because once you see the Lord rightly, in spite of all the difficulties He may have allowed, you're going to be thankful. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church.